So, yeah, so some of you might be wondering why we decided to do, uh, John Wick and Paul Blart this week, so that seems like a weird combo, but actually, uh, we have a surprise announcement, um, you know, scoop, uh, you know, our, our insiders have revealed to us that, uh, the <laughs> third, no, the fourth John Wick movie and the third Paul Blart movie are the same movie, and it's going to be Blart versus Wick. Um, Dawn of something. I don't know. They're still working on the the subtitle, I think. But <laughs> it, it, yeah, no, there's gonna be a crossover. It, uh, the plot will involve uh, John Wick killing someone at the mall, and you know, Paul Blart being Paul Blart. That's just not gonna fly, and he's gonna bring him to justice. Hmm. But then, like every you know versus movie, they're gonna end up teaming up to fight the mob because uh, that, that's how spoilers. Yeah. I mean, oh, everybody Everybody called at the moment they heard the title. They knew that that would be the plot. <laughs> that John Wick is going to run a man's head over with a Segway and, you know, crush his skull. <laughs> like, we know this is all going to happen. It's just fun to watch it happen. And then Doomsday is going to come in and kill John Wick. <laughs> oh, okay, so it's a triple crossover. This is DCEU yeah. official. Yeah. Well, he's going to try to kill John Wick, then... Mm. Um, Wick will kill him with like I don't know uh, Hello Kitty keychain yeah, or something and also it is directed by Zack Snyder so this is restoring the <laughs> Snyderverse um, <laughs> you've waited all this time for this it's, it's happening what, what a fucking way to restore the Snyderverse <laughs> yep oh no, we're, and by the way the, we're introducing the, the, Wick and is... into DC yeah <laughs> Yeah, and also, uh, this is a Suicide Squad movie, so it's also the air cut. Yeah. Not to be confused with James Gunn's Suicide Squad movie, that's probably actually going to be good. Yeah. It just got oh, this new... is going to be a train wreck. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, did you see there was a new trailer for James Gunn's Suicide Squad? And it seems like Starro isn't just going to be a cameo. Like, Starro might be, at least for part of the movie, the like big bad that they're going after. <laughs> I don't I don't know how you do that with Harley Quinn, but okay. Yeah, well I mean Harley Quinn being in the Suicide Squad is always kind of superfluous. It's just yeah. the popular character who's there. It, yeah, it's like Batman being in the Justice League. You know, it's like they're a popular character and can probably contribute something, but maybe aren't yeah. up to the kind of stakes that the rest of the team is up to. Batman can dodge Omega Beams. I think he's worthy of being in the Justice League. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Batman has proved himself, but if you go off just Batman comics compared to, like, Superman and Wonder Woman comics, like, Batman oh, yeah. fights a clown with a gun all the time, <laughs> while <laughs> Superman is, like, fighting, like, cosmic-level threats. And also a bald man who just is untouchable. But... Yeah. You, you think... Bruce Wayne ever tried to put Luthor out of business, like, just for the good of humanity, or Probably. was he just like, nah, I'll let Superman handle that one? I mean, th these comics have been going on for almost a century. You know, it's probably happened at some point. Yeah. What are we talking about? <laughs> um, Art versus Wick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Because we watched both of those movies, and then we're bouncing around ideas for future movie things and one of them was a few anime movies and then 
I mean, should we spoil the anime that we both watched or save that as a surprise for later? No, let let, let that rattle around in people's heads for about, okay. I don't know, 15 minutes until one of us just says it out of nowhere. Yeah, there, there was a surprise sixth movie that uh, Brent suggested and, you know, me being partly interested and partly just worried I'd forget, I went ahead and bought it and watched it anyway. So, yeah, this is a surprise sixth movie. Yeah. That's a good buy because you can just rewatch like the last, I don't know, 45 minutes just mm. unconnected to the rest of the movie and have a good time. Mm. We're dropping hints. We aren't saying it yet. It's the Monster Musume movie. It has a 45 <laughs> minute sex scene. <laughs> but no no genitals are shown. It's still oh, no. Japanese. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the boobs are all conspicuously nippleless. <laughs> yeah, you have to buy the Blu-ray for that. Yeah, the Japanese Blu-ray, the like hundred twenty dollar. Uh, yeah, copy. The the fucking Anaplex cost. Um, yep, Blu-ray. The one that I, they make I, for I, Japanese rental stores to rent out to people. I paid a lot for the Kill La Kill Blu-ray, <laughs> mm. <laughs> like more than I'm comfortable admitting here. Yeah, I mean, we've all made uh, um, very pricey, nerdy, um, dumb purchases. How many Phoebes have you bought in your life? Uh, well, okay, I guess. If, if we're going to confess our <laughs> bad um, financial decisions. Do it in song! I can't do it in song, but I can say, yeah, a couple <laughs> years ago I said that I spent... An amount of money I was not willing to disclose to get Phoebe in Pokemon Masters. It was around $300 that I spent on gems to get Phoebe um, early in that game's life. I mean, I still have her and I still say hi to her every morning, so I think I'm getting my money's worth. But uh, but also the game barely functions on my phone currently because after they updated to the EX version... It, um, yeah, I don't know, kind of screwed up a little. Oh, yeah, the, the Pokemon Master Sex version. Yeah. Yeah, now when they updated to that, suddenly it's like anytime I go to check, like, any screen to, like, upgrade my characters or even just see a list of them all, uh, the game crashes. And I re reported it, and they said, oh, your phone doesn't fit our, you know, minimum requirements anymore so you need to get a new phone i'm like fuck you i you know bought this phone just to play this game because i couldn't play it on my other phones because you needed certain technical requirements so whatever i mean i can still say hi to phoebe in the lobby of the place and like i got nessa because they finally added her but uh and i didn't spend any i have not spent any money on that game since they I got finally phoebe. added her but yeah yeah nessa is there i have her but because I can't access any of the screens that show a list of characters, I can only see her either if she randomly shows up in the lobby, or if I go and do the Day with Nessa event thing where you just have like a short conversation. Like those are the only ways I can like do anything with that character. But uh, eventually someday I'll find another way to play the game on a machine that it actually works on. Um, 
But yeah. Is there a is there a PC version? I know that some mobile games have PC versions. Not that I know of, but I did see a thing this morning that when Windows 10 updates to Windows 11, which it sounds like it might force on everyone because they're rolling it out through Windows Update. Um, <laughs> if oh, great. It's going to be a pain in the ass, but it does sound like Windows 11 will be able to use some Android apps. So maybe I'll be able to play it on my PC through that. Huh. I'm not sure. I mean, it it shouldn't take much for a PC to emulate an Android. Yeah, I mean, um, I I tried that before I bought the iPhone to play the game on, and it didn't. You know, I, I tried the BlueStacks emulator thing, and it, it didn't work. So. Huh. Um. But yeah, no. That that's how much I spent on the Phoebe for that game, and when the Phoebe. TCG card came out earlier this year. I think I spent $90 on the uh, regular version in Japanese um, to, you know, get sent from Japan as soon as it came out. And, like, $60 on the rainbow one. Um, and I think similar, pri- similar but less prices for the English ones. Which have since... It has... It took I got a month or two for it, the price to actually, you know, noticeably go down. But I did just pick up another one for $20 on eBay, even though I already have one, so I, I didn't need to, but... Make um, them kiss. Yeah. I, I guess, I mean, one of them's in a binder, and the other one's not in a binder, so... Might be <laughs> difficult. Their love can never be. Mm. Their, their love can never fee be. <laughs> their self-love. <laughs> It's it's not gay. It's masturbation. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. If it's with a clone. Yeah. <laughs> so what? What can we not talk about next? Uh, John Wick and Paul Blart. Yeah. Which we both independently realized the correct order to watch <laughs> it in was the renegade cut of. Uh, John Wick, Paul Blart, John Wick 2, Paul Blart 2, John Wick 3. Yeah. It's the I, only I, right way to watch that. I love that I watched it that way, too, because uh, Paul Blart 2 ends with him getting kicked by a horse yeah. very hard, and then John Wick 3 starts with him making horses kick people in the head very yeah. hard. Yep. Well, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's early in the movie. He has to kill a guy with a book before that. Yeah, I mean, it's like 15, 20 minutes in, maybe. Yeah, yeah, because that movie I, is like a big action scene for most of it. Yeah, I I watched, like, I, I watched John Wick one day, and then I watched Paul Blart and John Wick 2 in one day, and then Paul Blart 2 and John Wick 3 in one day. Hmm. So that was an interesting double feature. Yeah, I think I watched John Wick... In the morning of um, one of my days off. And then I wanted to go right into John Wick 2, but instead that afternoon I went and watched Paul Blart 1. And then I think a couple days later I watched John Wick 2 and then Paul Blart 2 on a separate day. And then John Wick 3 I think was also a separate day. I, I love that we independently both figured out the optimal way to mm. watch these movies. Yeah. No, you have to mix those tastes together. And really savor it. 
Yeah, it's like mi- mixing your mashed potatoes and your peas. You got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you have to know, you know what it's like. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, so John Wick 1 is good. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like I don't I don't I don't know how much to say about it cuz we've talked about it before. Mm. But and our I, listener Eugene has seen all of them so he already knows. So we're just yeah. telling any other listeners who happen upon this podcast one day and decide to skip right to episode uh, what 181 I think is what we're on. <laughs> um, yeah, but they'll miss out on all the lore. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, if we start talking about the blob, I mean, do they even know what that means? <gasps> what did he do to the wasp? Did he hug her? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> with his teeth. He- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're very close. Mm. <laughs> but he didn't want to turn her into a dinosaur, because that, that's not his deal. That's a different guy's deal. <laughs> no. <laughs> Pizza theme. Mm. Um, anyway, <laughs> so... Like, they, they talk up John Wick a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what but, really makes the movie... Because otherwise, it would just be kind of an action movie, but like what really makes it... Cause, like, for, for, like, the first, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes or so, it just seems like it's kind of a sad movie about a guy who gets attacked by these hoodlums who, you know, kill the dog that his dead wife left him. Um, but then, you know, then you just, you get that part where it's, like, everyone except for the, the, the punks who killed his dog. Like, everybody else knows who yeah. he is and how much of a badass he is. And how fucked these guys are, yeah. and that, the, and people just insinuate it in just like subtle conversational ways all through the movie. the 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 best The best line in the movie is, um, so the this mob boss calls uh, John Leguizamo, who yeah. is who? like a like a chop shop um, owner. Yeah, yeah, because um, the, the mob boss's son is the guy who killed the dog, and he stole. A, his car and brought it to John Leguizamo and John Leguizamo like slapped him called him an idiot but didn't tell him you know why so and <clears throat> so the the mob boss calls him and asks him I heard you struck my son yeah. why <laughs> and John Leguizamo just says well uh, he stole John Wick's car and killed his dog and then the mob boss just says Oh, yep. and hangs up. Yep. That is that is the best way to introduce John Wick. Yep. That is amazing. Like I, I honestly can't think of a better way to to just say without saying like how how much fear he instills in people who know who he is. Yep. Yeah, I know. It's like everybody knows, and they just they imply it in just the right way that you can catch on to what you know what they're thinking without them having to just state it all outright. Yeah, but people still fuck with them anyway for yeah. some reason. 
Well, yeah, I mean, if there's a couple million dollars on the line, they're willing to get killed for that. That that's honestly like my least favorite thing about the first one is Perkins, mm. um, who she's obviously been around for a while because she knows who John Wick is, and mm. he retired like five years ago. Yeah, but she still is okay with breaking hotel rules, even though she knows that it will get her killed. Yeah, no, it's weird because like I guess a lot of that you know lore stuff that they build up over time. It was there, but the characters don't act... Like, the characters act like the audience. Like, they don't yeah. take it as seriously as they should. Right. Also, I forgot they, um, Willem Dafoe was in this movie. But oh, then I, he I died by the end, and it's like, oh yeah, that's why I forgot. Yeah. Because I think, like, John Wick 1 is really good, but I don't watch it as often as 2 and 3, because it has the sad stuff for the first, like, 10 minutes. And then it yeah. just gets fun after that. Yeah, and the, the the action scenes in one are less ridiculous and more brutal, I think. Because mm. like, I, I think two and three are brutal, but they're, they're brutal in like a very... I don't, I don't know, like over-the-top way? Yeah, I mean, like two and three are almost like violent cartoons. Yeah, like, he actually, on screen, kills people with a pencil. Yeah. With a fucking pencil. Yeah, yeah, because that was a line in the first one that they just, you know, they say, like, he killed a man with a pencil, and then they, you know, like, they'll do, like, I think when he, when he was describing it, he did, like, a jab motion, you know, as if he was, like, sticking a pencil in someone's eye. But yeah. then you actually see, I think in the second one, you see him kill, like, three men with a pencil. Yeah, it's in the second one. Yeah. When, um... Should we go through the plot? Um, because um, I mean, it, it's, it's pretty quick. Yeah, you know, yeah. Because I mean, I mean, it, going through the plot would just be a lot of okay, this, this, and this happen, and then he kills fourteen dudes. Yeah, I guess uh, like very quick summary of the plot of all three movies. The first one is he had retired five years ago to live with his wife who had some kind of medical condition that they don't get into detail about, but she died. Uh, and she left him a dog and also, you know, mentioned that he has like this car that is like his favorite possession. And then like the day after that, um, these, you know, uh, punks who are, you know, the, the son of the, uh, like Russian mob guy, um, go and steal his car and kill his dog and beat him up. And then, you know, slow, dawning realization how fucked they are as he comes out of retirement and gets, like, all his guns back, gets all these, you know, gold coins he's got. There's this whole, like, underground assassin, like, society in this world. And he goes to the concierge hotel that's, like, the center of all the goings-on in this franchise. Um, and yeah, it's just like a lot of back and forth of him trying to hunt down the kid and then, you know, there's like people being hired to go kill him and he has to fight them. And then, you know, he ends up killing the kid, but then the, you know, the dad has it out for him. So then there's like a final showdown between the two of them and John Wick obviously, you know, comes out the winner. Um, but then, you know, he never did get his car back. 
So the second one starts off with a scene of a guy basically explaining the entire plot of the first movie while he goes <laughs> to get his car back and then he gets his and, car back. But then just just repeating what the the mob boss from the first one said about John Wick word for word. Yeah. Yeah, no, it, like they just assume that nobody saw the first one or like they just <clears throat> heard about the first one so they need to, you know, quickly summarize it all for people who came in at the second one. Um, yeah, which is kind of weird. When you watch it back to back, yeah, yeah, and even I mean, like continuity movie to movie, this is a little bit of iffy stuff, but that's not really the point. Like the point is just fun action. Um, yeah, but then yeah, most of the second movie is about since he has come out of retirement, he had he owes a favor to this one Italian assassin guy who had helped him to retire in the first place. So that guy hires him to go kill his sister and then when he does um he you know betrays him and puts a bounty on his head for killing his sister uh so then you know he has to deal with like assassins and stuff coming after him and eventually you know at the end of the movie the um oh i forgot to mention there is there's a rule they established in the first movie that no business is to be done on hotel grounds which means no killing in the hotel um, and there's a character who tries to kill him in the hotel and gets killed for it in the first movie. Uh, so Italian guy is hiding out in the hotel knowing that John Wick can't kill him there. And John Wick just goes ahead and kills him anyway. And so John Wick is ex excommunicado and he's on the run as yeah. a bounty is a very large bounty is about to be placed on his head. And then that's where the third movie picks up, where he is on the run and just goes from crazy fight scene to crazy fight scene. And he's trying to find a way out of it. He ends up going to uh, Halle Berry for help because she <laughs> owed him a favor for a thing that he helped her with years ago. So they do some world traveling and he finds his way to the leader of the high table, which is like the the overseer group of this whole assassin thing. Also, there's a rep from the high table who's gone to the hotel to chew them out over, you know, the favoritism they've been showing to John Wick. Um, like, they've just been cutting him too many breaks. So, Wick ends up going back to the hotel with orders to go kill Winston, the owner of the hotel. But he ends up teaming up with Winston uh, to help save the hotel from the uh you know the high table and the official that yeah. they sent only for winston at the end to betray him um so that he can get his hotel back and be back in good standing and wick is now being hunted again um but there's another character who i don't know if he was in the second movie he's definitely in the third multiple times um lawrence fishburne yeah, yeah lawrence fishburne is like yeah, the, he... the king of like the homeless people, um, he's got you know ears everywhere. All these like agents working for him, and yeah. he, he he's he's in the second. Um, he he gives John Wick a gun okay. when he gets back to New York after murdering the guy's sister. Okay, yeah. So because of that, he's also run afoul of the high table, and he got cut up by this uh, Japanese guy who they had working for them, but. He lived through that, so the third one ends with John Wick and Lawrence Fishburne, um, you know, planning how they're going to get their revenge and take down the high table. 
and and yep, John Wick Four is coming. Well, it's it's Paul Blart Three. We've already spoiled that. But after <laughs> that, there's going to be a John Wick Four. That's you know. I'm mad that John Wick isn't John Wick Four isn't a thing right now. Like yeah, I, like, I, mean, I knew when I'm three mad. came out. Then, <laughs> I want it. Yeah, when and I saw three in theaters, and then they were like, "Yeah, so we're making a fourth one, but it's going to take a couple years because Keanu's busy doing Matrix Four, and then the pandemic happened, and everything got delayed by a year. So now I don't know what if John Wick Four is supposed to be 2022 or 2023. So it's in production I, at some level. I want it. I want it now. Yeah. Because, like, really 3 do. is a lot of really fun scenes, but plot-wise, it kind of just ends where it started. That John Wick was on the run, yeah. and now John Wick is on the run again. Except, you know, more people have betrayed him, so there's more people for him to, uh, you know, deal with. It. Like, Yeah, I, I, I think the, the, the action scenes in the third are probably the best, hmm. but... Uh, it might just be that there's way more of them, but uh, yeah, like the it, it kind of just seems like it's doing the same thing over that two did. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's almost like a Mad Max movie where it's like all about the action and the <clears throat> chase and not the like the beginning and the end are just like the same. And, and yeah, not that much actually happened when you think about it. it it's like a sitcom. Everything ends the way it started. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and depending how the fourth one goes, it's like, if you look at, like, trilogy structure, you could say, like, one and two are, like... I, I guess, I think one would still be, like, the beginning, and two and three are both, like, the middle. Like One would basically be the inciting incident. Yeah. Like, just a very long one. Yeah, and so I guess, like, two could be part of, like, the the end of the first act is, like, yeah. you know, like, they get more into the... Because two and three are more concerned with, like, the politics of, like, the high table and the assassin organization and their internal politics. Yeah, yeah like, one one is very straightforward... Like a ve- very straightforward revenge uh, story. Yeah, yeah. Th- there's a lot of implied lore, but it's not really the point. Yeah, it's it's a straightforward story with with just like this weird, interesting like assassins guild, basically. Yeah. Um, and then two and three elaborate on that, and things get a lot more complicated. Yeah. And I- I'm not really sure if that's for better or worse because um like if you're just gonna watch one john wick movie i feel like it would be the first one just because it has a beginning and an end mm. but like if you're building a franchise i guess you have to go deeper you can't just have john wick um be revenging every time yeah and like, like the lore stuff is interesting but i don't think I mean, it, it's kind of Calvin Ball-ish, where it's like they just make up a new thing anytime they need a new thing, but it's shrouded in so much mystery that it seems cool and interesting, yeah. when it's just like, okay, yeah, they got these coins now, also he's got these tattoos, and, uh, and he's got like a rosary, 
And when they break the rosary, that means that he's uh, used up his favor that he has with this group. And, yeah. And then they have it, to put a, a, a scorch mark on his tattoo to show that he's no longer part of the group. And... It, it gets away with mystery by not having any exposition at all. Yeah. Yeah, like they and do things that are very dramatic visually, <laughs> but not explained in dialogue. Yeah. Yeah, they 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 just don't do the thing that I I don't like in a lot of movies where they they just say what's happening in a in a very unnatural way. Hmm. <laughs> um but the 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 downside is that they just don't explain it at all. Yeah. Which is good because the the mystery is more interesting but is bad because you don't actually learn anything. Mm. Yeah, I mean it's it's but, all just set dressing for the action. Yeah. Cuz what they're really concerned yeah. with is John Wick killing people with a pencil and with a book and with a bunch of attack dogs to hold them down while they shoot them in the head. And um and yeah, just all those like set piece action fights. One one thing that I love uh, that they do is they will foreshadow um, like a, a weapon that John can potentially kill somebody with, but it it doesn't come to bear until like either the next movie or like an hour later, mm. like uh, the pencil or the belt in John Wick Three. Mm. Because uh, in three, they ask him to give up all his weapons when he he goes to the uh, I don't even know what she is. I'll just call her the ballet teacher. Mm. Um, and they they say your belt too, <laughs> like uh, implying that to John Wick a belt is a deadly weapon. Yeah, and then. Later in the movie, when he's fighting those those two guys um, before the big Japanese boss, um, he pulls out his belt. Like he he's losing, and then he pulls out his belt and starts kicking their asses. Yeah, it was also great in the scene because it's like he walks into a room, like a hallway full of glass things. And they just throw him through every single one of them in succession. So they kick him through a glass case, and he like stumbles back up, and they kick him through the next one. They they, they make it personal. Yeah. You know, like that, like that, and also like the the knife shop scene earlier in the movie, where there's just like oh, yeah. cases of knives, and they're just like smashing their shoulder into the case, break it open, grab some knives, throw knives at the other person, try to dodge the knives, just. People getting knives stuck in them everywhere. And John Wick takes apart like three different revolvers and picks the best, uh, the best, the best parts, like the best components of each. Yeah, we spend like a and couple minutes he, watching him assemble a gun, and then, and then he loads one bullet, and the first guy who comes up, who comes up the stairs, he shoots in the head, and then he. He goes in the back and grabs a bunch of knives. Yep. And then <laughs> like just, he, did, he did all that for one shot. And they're just throwing knives. It's like they're not even... I guess like there's a little bit of, you know, like stabbing and cutting, but mostly they're staying at a distance and just flinging knives <laughs> at the person across the hall. And 
half of them don't even land right. They they hit on the they hit on the handle. Yeah, and they they're, like they're just falling, <laughs> and then occasionally one will just like stab into somebody's shoulder. Yeah. Yeah, until, you know, the the fight is ready to be over and he, like, finishes off a guy by, like, throwing multiple knives into him and then, like, flings another one that, like, goes straight through his head. You know, like, these knives are sharp enough to penetrate bone. And then the the fight's over. It's just John Wick left standing. Yeah. And then he's walking off, but then, like, one of them... One of them is just sitting up, like, barely alive, and he, he takes a tomahawk. And from, like, 30 feet away, just buries it in his head. Mm. And I think from there, it goes to the stable fight, where he's just, like, slapping horses, having them kick people to death, and, like, you know, wrapping a rope around a guy's neck and dragging him behind a horse. Yep. But none of the horses get hurt in the horse fight. No. It's like, after they killed the dog at the start of the first one... They, you know, cut the animal abuse. Except for the one dog that yeah, almost got shot, but it was wearing a bulletproof vest, so yeah. it was fine. <laughs> it's like, he, he had to aim for the vest, right? Like, yeah. there's no way he, he missed. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like bikini armor on a dog. It's like, <laughs> how does that protect anything? Like, I... I, I like the... The logistics of that are a little weird because he's like, I I shot the dog to teach you a lesson, mm. but like, there's no way he thought he killed the dog because he he had to aim for the armor. Like, yeah, there's no so way he, he just have, like, missed, right? He, yeah, yeah. I guess he must have, you know, figured he was teaching a lesson by sh- non-lethally shooting the dog, not expecting she would be as pissed off as if he'd actually killed the dog. Yeah. Uh, and then, then she starts shooting people, and after, John Wick is like, what the hell? And then she's like, he shot my dog. And John Wick is like, I get it. Mm. I mean, not not in that way. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's obviously like, a callback get to, it. you know, the dog being like an essential part of, you know, this character's characterization. Yeah. Even though it's really not about the dog at all yeah i mean like but they keep bringing up the dog you know even like in the third one when he's being led through the russian ballet and stuff like oh you did all that for a dog it wasn't just for a a puppy um yeah it's just it's a thing characters like to bring up yeah because i mean i mean the the whole like that that's another reason why i i I like one. I I might like one the best, even though it's it's really basic. Mm. Is because it's the only time that John Wick actually shows emotion. Mm. But yeah, aside from like anger. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> you, you know, Keanu Reeves like, as a badass is kind of weird acting. Like it's you know, it, I I get like it's it's fun because it's part of like the cheese of it, but. It's kind of stilted in a lot of lot of ways. Like his delivery of lines just doesn't sound like the way people would talk. Yeah, I, I think the thing is that he he's like a very non-social person mm. in general, um, and that that's 
so like even when he talks it's just like yeah yeah because like they they have like, an ongoing thing of like he'll either respond to things by just saying yeah or um that he'll be saying like yeah i'm thinking i'm back yeah i'm thinking i'm doing that it's like I don't know. I, I, I don't hear people saying, I'm thinking I'm going to, you know, it's like you just say, I'm going to. You, you don't have to say, I'm thinking. Yeah. But it, like, it's yeah. a thing that he said in the first movie, and it's part of, like, the ongoing memes of this franchise, so it has to keep coming back. Like, yeah. like the fucking pencil, and <laughs> I'm thinking, and uh, doing it all for a puppy. Like, you know, it's just, you know, the same i mean when we get to the pirates of the caribbean movie that's you know definitely a thing there too that it's like (laughs) they did a bunch of fun one-off weird gags and stuff in the first movie and they just keep calling back to them throughout the franchise like remixing them into different jokes like because in that one that you've got like the sea turtles and the dog with the keys and the um like the you know two pairs of two guys who like do banter and like witty comments and arguments and stuff and they just keep doing that over and over but in different ways yeah it you know it's it's like poetry yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it rhymes (laughs) (laughs) thank you yeah Unlike Paul Blart. Well, I guess Paul Blart probably does have some callbacks between the two movies of the Paul Blart duology. His daughter gets kidnapped in both of them. Yeah. At least... that That's like one of the one good jokes in it, is in the second one. Uh, she's... She's, uh... Like, being held by bad guys uh, in a hotel room with, like, the what like a, a luggage like like another kid yeah who like i he's uh what do you call him he's like a bellhop i think right right and uh he he's he's like why do you have all these survival tools on you at all times and she's like oh in case i get caught by bad guys it's happened before <laughs> <laughs> Poplar's daughter is like the only, the only consistently good thing about either of these movies. Mm. Yeah, like, I mean, even though in the in the first one, like she's kind of young, so her like line delivery is, you know, like a like a young actress. Mm. But in the in the second one, she's actually like on point. Mm. She's like the only genuinely good actor. Yeah, I mean, I think. Like, I don't know if this is what the movie is going for, but I feel like Paul Blart is an in- intentionally unlikable character. Because he's just, like, he's so he... full of himself and takes himself so seriously, but he's an idiot and just a fuck-up. But, you know, but he he never really realizes that or, you know, takes that to heart. And he's just an I, asshole to everyone, and and then he gets beat up, and it's funny because you know you're, you're watching this idiot asshole, you know, arrogant guy get you know just like 
kicked by a horse. It's it's weird because they want to have it both ways. Yeah, like like they they want to make him likable enough to where you want to see him succeed, but they also want to give him a lot of bad traits. Yeah, so you don't mind seeing him get beat up for half the movie. Yeah, like it's they they're basically combining two different side characters. <laughs> Like, into one main character. Yeah, 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 they're a little, you know, can't figure out how they want this character to be yeah. presented or perceived. Like, like is is he a good guy who just has bad luck, or is he an asshole who we have all the bad shit happen to? Yeah. It's like, they instead of, instead of picking one, they just do both from scene to scene. Yeah, 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 because it seems, it feels like he's an asshole... Who just has, you know, bad stuff happen to him, and it's funny. But he thinks he's the hero, and so he, like, tries to present himself that way, even though he's clearly just just a dumbass. <laughs> yeah, he's... Uh... He, he He's just a guy who thinks he's way more important than he actually is yeah i mean like that that's kind of the concept of the the series that he is a mall cop so it's like he he holds himself with yeah like if he was like the hot shot police officer of yeah one of those movies yeah that's what he thinks he is but he works at a mall and shouldn't be taking himself that seriously because mall cops you know don't really hold that much authority he, like they 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 even say in the movies like our job is to observe and report, which means that like if something happens, call the actual cops. Yeah. But he take he takes it as like a like a call to arms. Yeah. <laughs> as like, oh yeah, we we observe and report. Yeah. Like that that's that's our job. That's our duty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah like that you know the, you can tell like the writers' room for this movie that is where. The jokes began and probably ended. Was uh, <laughs> yeah. like, what if a mall cop took himself as seriously as like if he had the authority to arrest people and you know yeah. the duty to protect the public and whatnot? And then they just spitballed yeah. a bunch of mall jokes and fat jokes and everything. Because yeah, like his, his whole thing in the first one is that he wants to be an actual cop, but he can't because. He has that sugar thing, mm. which I, is that, is that even like an exaggeration of an actual thing or, uh, cause like, I, I know, like, I, I know that there's people who get low blood sugar and like might get a little woozy, mm. um, but like, would somebody just pass out <laughs> randomly if they haven't had M&Ms in, like, a few hours? Uh, I mean, I, I don't know scientifically. I, I assume as far as the writers were concerned, the idea was mall cops are fat and lazy, and <laughs> so this guy is going to be fat and lazy but take himself seriously, but we're going to make some fat jokes, and, you know, if he doesn't get his yeah. donuts, then, you know... We, he can't operate, so. Yeah. The reason he can't be a real cop is because fat joke. 
And he's a creepy stalker. Mm. <laughs> like, he, he stalks this, um... What does she do? She sell wigs? Ah, uh, some... I don't know. Like, I watched the first movie and completely zoned out. Like, I... I saw it, but I don't remember a lot. My only note on it was that, like, six hours later, I was trying to think back if I laughed even once, and I couldn't remember if I did. I don't, I don't, I don't know if I ever laughed, but I, I think there were a few... There were a few things, like, in, in the second half of the movie where it was just Die Hard, mm. where I was like... This is this is stupid, and I can appreciate it, mm. even if I know it's not good. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I don't know if there was anything like actually that funny in it. Mm. it. It was mostly just Kevin James making a fool out of himself for a paycheck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the second one at least had that one scene at the very end where he gets kicked by a horse, and it's so sudden. And so, just, like, over-the-top comical, I assume they use, like, a stunt actor or CGI or something to get him to flop the way he does, but, like, <laughs> that seems hilarious. There were a few jokes in the second one that I actually liked. Mm. Like, the the way the uh, the hotel manager just, like... There's no reason for her to have a crush on him, but she just does for no reason, just because he said she did. Yeah, and that was the thing that, like, developed over time, that, like, he mistakes her having a crush and tries to let her down easy, and she insists that's not the case, and he just keeps thinking that she's, you know, not admitting her feelings that he can't (laughs) accept her to have, and that kind of just gaslights her into thinking she does have feelings for him. Like, it, it's kind of gross and creepy, but also, it's a very good setup for a joke. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, at least, like, like they, they build it up over time. It's not just a one-and-done joke. Right. It, it's, it's like the, it's like the only actual structured, like, running joke in either movie. And it works. Mm. Like, because the first, the first time, like, she's just like, oh, sorry your room wasn't ready, we upgraded you, like. Please enjoy your stay, and and he thinks she's hitting on she's hitting on him, and and it plays to his idiocy the, too that he is, you know, like thinks that she's hitting on him, but also trying to turn her down. Yeah, he's not taking advantage of it. He's just completely misread the situation and refuses to read it correctly. <laughs> I, I mean. His, like at the, his at the end, after he's him, you know, completely like, turned her down and sent her to some other guy, he's like, oh, I might have made a mistake here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because, like, like every, every time they talk, she she gets, like, more and more into him just out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like the, the second time, she's like, oh, look, I just want to clear up earlier. I'm not, like, I wasn't hitting on you, and... He's like, no, it look, it's okay, just let it let it be. And she's like, no, look, I am not into you. I would never be into you. <laughs> then he's like, your lip is sweating. And then he closes the door on her, and she's like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, and this being the second, like in the first one, they had a whole, I guess, romantic, su- you know, what passes for romantic subplot in a Paul Blart movie. Yeah, but then. 
like immediately after they got together at the end of the first one, uh, they they're split up again by the time the second one happens. Yeah. And then also his mom dies because I guess that actress also wanted too much money, so they give her like one. Well, she and, and she's she was in the movie. Yeah, she's in there for like one like, shot as she walks out into the street and then gets hit by a milk truck. <laughs> <laughs> That's so dark, but I mean they went for it, and I can respect it. Yeah, I mean they get it out of the way early, <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's a milk truck. Like, immediately after, yeah. like, Paul Blart's like, it was a milk truck. I didn't even know those were still a thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're, we're making this sound better than it is um, in retrospect. Like, just, just to let you, like, don't watch this movie. I mean... Like, it's not good. Uh, okay, so if you, like me, have been listening to the McElroys talk about Paul Blart 2 every year at Thanksgiving for the last five years... Um, it's not as funny as they make it sound. It's a pretty, like, nothing movie. Like, it's not as bad as they make it sound, but it's also not as funny. It's just there. But I guess it's worth yeah. watching if you want to see what it is they're talking about. And kind of lose some of the magic of, you know, thinking there might be more going on here than than there is. Oh, in, in the second one, I also like the... I also like the pianist in the in the garden. Mm. Oh yeah, the shadow man. Who just <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah, in, in the uh, macro thing. Yeah, the, at one one year they decided to have this like, conspiracy theory that that guy is the shadow man who is like stalking Paul Bart and making his life miserable. <laughs> so like he's he, controlling he the bird his life. Him. And, yeah, like he he's probably driving the milk truck that killed his mom. <laughs> And, <laughs> and it got to the point that I guess somebody edited the Paul Blart wiki to say that there's a Shadow Man who's <laughs> manipulating Paul Blart behind the scenes. Oh my god. That that that's what a good podcast does. It it lets people know about their podcast. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, but yeah, piano man playing piano and just like laughing <clears throat> while Paul Blart fights a swan or peacock or whatever it was. It was, I don't. It's like a bipedal bird, but like not big enough to be like an ostrich. I don't, uh, I don't know what it was. I think it was like a swan or a goose or maybe a peacock. Yeah, I. <laughs> I don't like it wasn't it wasn't even the fight that I thought was funny. It was just a look on the on the piano the pianist's face. Just like like the the the, the knowing like barely a smile yeah. in in the head nod <laughs> every time it cut to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean I think they also theorized that that scene seems like it was filler. Like, they hadn't shot enough to make a full movie, so they just did this scene of Paul Blart fighting a bird with a piano guy to, you know, fill space. Yeah, I mean, it, it literally was, like... Yeah, it, it adds nothing. It, it serves no purpose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, he, he's, he's, like, in a waiting room preparing to give a speech, then he's like, oh, I gotta get some air. So he goes out in the garden... 
and then gets attacked by a bird and then goes back in and he's giving the speech and it serves no purpose and is not brought up again. Yeah. Um. Oh, in the first movie, I like the parkour bandits. Mm. Um, they're they're stupid, but also kind of fun just to watch, I guess. Mm. Um, I like how the leader says, "Oh, I'm the leader." <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he gets hired on as trainee. Uh, under Paul Blart and just listens to all the stupid shit that he says about you know how to be a mall cop but you know picks up enough that he can just circumvent any security issues the love interest in the first movie is the most love interesty character in a movie I've ever seen mm. <laughs> like she has absolutely no personality yeah like every every reaction to everything that Paul Blart does is like um like muted either muted interest or like muted disgust like <laughs> there there's no act- actual emotion mm. there she's just like oh yeah um are you stalking me like yeah that's okay i guess <laughs> yeah it's a sexy lamp who can react to things a little bit yep she has a very good figure and big enough breasts to be, uh, like, the girl in a movie. Mm. And that's what she is. Yep. That's a paycheck. Yep, that's... <laughs> All you have to do is kiss Kevin James once. That's... <laughs> Get your paycheck. Yep. Happy Madison is paying you to kiss Kevin James. At least it's not Adam Sandler. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Do people find Adam Sandler attractive? I don't. There's probably people who do. Probably yeah. people who've mostly watched his 90s stuff. I think Kevin James is hotter than Adam Sandler. Like, just hot takes. Mm. <laughs> don't ask me where that came from. I just. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, he, he does seem more sincere than Adam Sandler. Yeah. Like, Sandler just looks sarcastic all the time like i don't i don't think adam sandler like outside of his like drama roles i don't think adam sandler has cared about a character he's played in 15 years well yeah i mean he's just you know getting the budget to go to some tropical resort and shoot a movie there to justify it like like here's the thing about paul blart mall cop is that like the the writing isn't good, but I do feel like Kevin James is trying. Mm. Um, he's like he's doing his best, Kevin James, that he can, and I respect it. Mm. Um, also, the movie was co-written by um, the cat from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. <laughs> oh. Mm. <laughs> Fun fact, or maybe not written, but like uh, produced. Mm. So yeah, that there's a there's a fun fact for you. Mm. I think he also did um, King of Queens, which was 
the Kevin James sitcom from 20 years ago? Mm. I don't know. 15 years ago? Something. Yeah, I don't know. 2000s. Patton Oswalt was in it. Mm. Yeah, everything seems like it wasn't as long ago as it really was. Yeah. It, it was probably in like the 80s for all, for all I know. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, any other Blart facts we want to get to? Um, oh, let me see if I, I don't think I really wrote much down about these. <clears throat> um, oh, yeah, I forgot about it. I did make a note about there's some, like, oatmeal that is like, <laughs> it, it's terrible CGI. <laughs> It's like the worst CGI that I've seen in a while. <laughs> in uh, the end of the second one, it's just like oatmeal yeah. goop that they use to trap people's feet in. Well, I that <laughs> no wait that that was um, that was the 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 foam grenade launcher where when they're uh, oh like blue foam so, the yeah the. The, the second movie takes place in a hotel where there's a, a security guard convention. Yeah, um, They go to Las Vegas. If this was a 90s movie, it would have been like Paul Blart Viva Las Vegas. But Yeah. yeah. They go to Vegas for a uh, like mall security convention. I don't think it was a mall. It's just general security convention. And they have yeah. a whole like James Bond gadget montage of weird gadgets for non-lethal pacification including a, a, a grenade launcher that shoots glue foam <laughs> he says it in a very intense way though yeah and then the and then the the marble guys right after him he's like you put these on the ground they won't be able to walk at all <laughs> that's just a stupid very stupid line deliveries mm. but i mean when when you're a character who only has one line in a comedy movie, like, just go for it, I guess. Yeah, just do a thing that will make you memorable as <laughs> yeah. the running gag on a podcast about your movie. Because <laughs> they do talk about that scene a lot. <laughs> of course they do. I mean, they, they've done the show, like, five, what, five, six years yeah. in a row now? Yeah. So, I mean, they've probably gone over every detail we could possibly ever talk about. Yeah, and the Shadow Man. You know they found the secret oh, yeah, plot that's under the plot. I, I, I have seen the blood side of the mall mm. YouTube video where they take clips from that. Um, where I, I think it was Griffin yeah. watches it to Dark Side of the Mall. Yeah, that was like the third year I think he watched it that way. Um. So yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> um. So I mean, I I also I already knew it was gonna happen in the movie. So mm. yeah, he spoiled it for mm. me. Goddamn McElroy's. Yeah, so you knew to look out for the way that they talk about glue foam. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't know if that was like I I didn't listen to the episode. Um, I just saw the video on YouTube where they they take uh, Griffin's claims about about it the synchronicity. Mm. Um, between Dark Side of the Moon and Paul Blart Mall Cop 2 where like uh, 
he the guy shooting the targets <clears throat> it, like they they put griffin's words to the actual video from the movie oh mm. uh, the, there was something else there was one other line i like from paul blart too mm. but i can't remember what it was oh well so should we talk about the sixth movie Oh, RoboCop. Oh. Yeah. RoboCop isn't real. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I know. He ain't real. <laughs> <laughs> keep insisting that RoboCop's not the, real. I, I like good line reads and bad movies, I guess. Mm. But, oh, what was her name? Donna? The, the black security guard lady. Might be. Was it Donna? I, I yeah, I, I don't remember any of their names except for Saul Gundermutt because that, that name was so stupid it stuck in my head. Mm. Um, yeah, let, let's talk about um, the, the Demon Slayer movie we watched. Mm. Yep. Um, my favorite part was where they went Kamehameha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I lied. It wasn't Demon Slayer. It was Dragon Ball. Yep. So, yeah, so we were talking about doing anime movies. I mean, probably later in this episode we'll figure out what we're doing next week and we'll go over the even longer list of choices. But we're talking about, you know, some anime movies, trying to group a bunch of them together and call that a week of, or like an episode. Um... And so I brought up the idea of Dragon Ball because Brent keeps referencing Dragon Ball Abridged. Um, And I have very little familiarity with Dragon Ball. Most of it's just cultural osmosis. And Jay doesn't know anything, and I've had a ball explaining characters to him. Yeah, like I I know like the names and appearances of characters, but I didn't know where they came from or what their deal was. Um so uh, she didn't know that the net the saiyans are named after vegetables yeah i i had so. a moment where i realized she- oh <laughs> okay so the reason kakarot sounds like carrot is because it's supposed to sound like carrot and vegeta is vegetable and they're all from the planet vegetable and yeah yeah they're they're yeah. all vegetables this is uh oh a franchise about vegetable people it, it's like veggie tales but it's more violent um laser beams at each other after screaming and changing color. and becoming okay, that, you know more and more me. generic looking as you know they all start to look the same with the same hair and the same face yeah it at least as it goes on they they get characters with different hair yeah like Trunks, when he goes Super Saiyan, his hair, like, parts in, like, a U-shape. Mm. So, it's not just, um, you know, spiky straight up like Goku and Vegeta. Yeah, and I, like, I, I, I get it in the sense that it's, like, Goku and Vegeta are supposed to be, like, parallels. You've got Goku as the hero character, and then Vegeta comes along and introduces the whole Saiyan conqueror thing. And it's, like, this is, like, the dark Goku. Uh, but then he got semi-redeemed and became kind of like an anti-hero sidekick uh and then in so 
we decided to watch one of the movies, you know, just so it'd be, you know, something we could watch without having to, you know, watch the entire length of the Dragon Ball <laughs> franchise, which is so long. Um, we watched the several s- hundred episodes. We watched the Super Broly movie, um, and Broly is also another like dark Goku. It's like if Goku had been uh, forced to live on some random nowhere planet that wasn't Earth for, you know, most of his life and didn't really learn to talk and was just kind of a wild man. Um, so, yeah, so Goku and Vegeta and Broly all kind of look similar. Like, they have a little bit different body structure, but, like, face and hair and everything is pretty similar intentionally you can you can tell which characters were designed um during dragon ball z and which characters were designed during super um because the characters that were designed during super um are very thin Mm. um and not very tall whereas all all the characters that were designed during dragon ball z are huge and wide Mm. Except for Vegeta, who is short and wide and muscular. Yeah, because he's like a classic character, and they have to keep to that. And even Broly yeah. exists because I had to. I looked up the wiki to see some context, and um, Broly existed in the old franchise. But from what I could see, he looked pretty different from the way they drew him in this movie. Yeah, I. He was a lot paler. Broly was in. He was in, like, one movie. Yeah, there was, like, um, a trilogy of and, movies, I guess. Is what it said. Huh. Well, maybe I only... I just only saw one. Hmm. Um, well, well, he might... He might have been, like, a... I think there were movies where they brought back other movie villains. Like, for a... You know, like a side villain hmm. thing. Um, so he might have been one of those. Anyway, like I, I think in the original Broly movie, um, like his his regular form is like very thin and kind of tall. Yeah. But when he when he goes super Broly, like he he turns into the fucking Hulk, mm. <laughs> basically. Um. So and but in in this one he's. He's like he's still he's jacked the whole time, but it's just when he goes super Broly, he gets like proportionally bigger. He has very wide shoulders that just get wider yeah. as he gets bigger. <laughs> he doesn't have the TN bowling ball shoulders no. of uh, the Cell Saga. No, he, he's got like um, a Dorito chip body. <laughs> You should, you should see the designs in in Dragon Ball Z, like circa the Android slash Cell Saga. They they get ridiculously huge. Mm. Oh yeah, Cell was another um, one I didn't ask about. Like I've seen Cell, and I don't know. I guess he must have been another villain of the week. Like no, he was era something. Well, a couple movies of so. No, Cell, Cell's a main villain. He was, uh... 
he wasn't supposed to be a main villain, but the the real main villains that they wrote in weren't very popular. So they wrote in two more villains. Okay. And they weren't very interesting. So they wrote in Cell. <laughs> and Cell became the, the main villain of the arc. Okay. Um, yeah, because like, this movie mostly focused on Frieza as the main villain. Yeah. They... They bring back back Frieza more than anybody because he's like he's the villain from like the most iconic part of Dragon Ball Z. Okay. So they they bring him back a lot more. Um, he's also kind of easy to write because he's just like spoiled brat. Yeah. Um, emperor yeah. guy. He's very petty. Yeah. And he looks like Mewtwo. <laughs> Well, Mewtwo looks like him. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, he, he's so petty. He wants to get the Dragon Balls. Yeah, um, to five centimeters to wish taller. To be five centimeters taller. Yeah, because he doesn't want to be too oh. tall because that's overdoing it. But he doesn't want to be a little yeah. bit taller. <laughs> I, I like. I like how they. I like how they juxtapose that against Balma, who wanted the Dragon Balls to make herself look five years younger. Mm. <laughs> because women, right? Mm. I'm not going to go there. Anyway. It's also funny how, like, you know, th- this is implied to be a story building up to it, but by the time of this movie... Uh, they have six of the drag, six of the seven Dragon Balls are just sitting in a laboratory, barely protected, and then they get stolen. You don't get it, Jade. This is like the nineteenth time they've gotten all the Dragon Balls. Yeah, well, like yeah. they're they're nothing at this point. Yeah, but it's like you can still get apparently a wish for anything for getting all the Dragon Balls, but it's happened so many times that everybody's just tired of getting them. Yeah, like, I mean, like, the the original Dragon Ball, like, the the whole point of the first part of the story is that Goku and Bulma are, like, searching for the mystical Dragon Balls. They can grant any wish. Hmm. Um, and, like, that's the whole point of the story. And then by, <laughs> by Dragon Ball Super, like, they can get them anytime they want. Like after the cooldown period, mm. like that Goku can transport anywhere in the universe he can think of in a moment's notice. Mm. Like he can he can get all the Dragon Balls in less than a minute, and they just don't um, have anything they want to wish for, so they don't bother. Pretty much, like they. I I don't want to get too off into the weeds, but like Dragon Ball GT is a. A thing they did in I think the nineties. Um, nobody likes it. It's not very good, but they they actually like included consequences for overusing the Dragon Balls so many times mm. because after every arc they have to wish back everybody that died because consequences are not important. Mm. Um, so like ev- every wish they made like in the series so far became an ultra powerful villain they had to fight and that was like one of the few interesting things about that show mm. yeah because you know i was 
thinking like Marvel comparison, the Infinity Stones, and if they got to the point of like nobody gives a shit about having to collect these things anymore. Um, yeah, but like those, yeah, they had at least in the movies they had the consequence of you will probably kill yourself trying to use these things to make a wish. Right. Again, in Dragon Ball, there's really no consequence for using them other than you have to wait a year to use them again. Well, you have to find them. Yeah, they spread out across the galaxy and then... Oh, across the Earth. Oh, okay. I just saw them go up in the... Well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. Because I saw them go up in the air and shoot out in different directions, but I apparently wasn't paying enough attention to realize... Because I heard them say, we're going to the southern continent to get the last Dragon Ball. And I'm like, okay, they're going to Antarctica. And then somewhere in there, I got confused and thought they went to another planet. Because partly because of the way the fight goes down, where it's it's Goku and Vegeta fighting Broly, uh, because Frieza brought Broly to fight them, and it's just a big fight scene for like forty five minutes, and they like terraform the entire landscape because they punch <laughs> so hard through the earth that lava goes everywhere, and I thought, okay, this is another planet, because they're you know, just wrecking the atmosphere they're, of this planet. They're but, doing global warming times a thousand. Yeah, I know. Apparently this is just on Earth. It's like they just <laughs> fucked Antarctica into a lava continent. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Um, but they can just wish it back to normal. And, and, well, they actually can't because they use the Dragon Balls and there's a oh. year cooldown. Okay, so they have to wait but, a year and not <laughs> hope the Earth isn't fucked. Before they can wish it, it back. Here's here's the thing though, like in in Resurrection F, which was the movie where they brought back Frieza because Frieza's been dead. Mm. Um, but like Frieza destroys the Earth, and Whis the the magical twink, um, he he just rewinds time and brings the Earth back. <laughs> so why like, hasn't Vegeta brought back Planet Vegeta? Because it's like Uncle Ben. Oh. I, I mean, also we we like Weiss is not really their friend. Like he's not beholden to them. Hmm. He's, but I mean, just with Dragon Balls, why hasn't Vegeta gotten the seven Dragon Balls and been like, I want my planet back? There, there are limits to the Dragon Balls, so they they might just write in like, oh, the dragon says that's outside of his power because oh. they've been dead too long. Okay, so he's like the Robin Williams genie and. Uh... Yeah, you can't make anyone fall in yeah. love, and you can't bring people back from the dead. And... Yeah, the they keep it more nebulous in Dragon Ball. Mm. Um, well, yeah, they have to because this is more than a ninety-minute movie. Because, like, it, I think, I think, like in in the first arc of Dragon Ball Z, they're like, "Oh, these super powerful Saiyans are coming to Earth, and they're going to kill us all." They're like they. They get the Dragon Balls, they ask the dragon to kill the Saiyans, and the dragon's like, uh, no, they're too powerful for me, I can't just kill them. Um, what else do you want to wish for? Okay, so he does give you a backup wish. It's not, you wish for something, it's like, I can't do that, I'll see you next year. Yeah, he, the, the dragon is just like, that is outside of my power, (laughs) um, Mm. please make your wish. Uh, and the what well, one of my favorite jokes from <laughs> DBZ abridged is uh, every time they summon the dragon, he's like, 
Who would summon my... Po- oh, it's you guys again. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> because, yeah, it's never anyone like, else in the galaxy that, or on the Earth that gets the Dragon Balls. Yeah, it's just this it's group. Like, it's like, these are like super mystical, uh, like, wish-granting objects that, like, probably haven't been summoned for 10,000 years or whatever. Mm. And then in the span of, like, 40 years, uh, this one group of people probably summons Shenron like 20 times. Mm. <laughs> so yeah, and, and the first time, um, a pig at- wishes for panties. That's that's the joke. <laughs> so, wait, so that's the climax of the big search to find yeah. Dragon Balls when it actually mattered? Yeah, I, I spoiled the first arc of Dragon Ball for you. The the thing that's like 40 years old. Mm. <laughs> um yeah, they they have they have the giant adventure to find the Dragon Balls. They finally find all seven. And the villain is about to ask for, to rule the earth or something. Mm. And um the the pig character who's like comic relief just comes up and wishes for a pair of panties just so the the villain can't make their wish mm. it's funny yeah it's like the end of wind <laughs> or, breaker when ganon's about to wish on the triforce and then the king steps in it's like nope i want a pair of zelda's panties really <laughs> <laughs> Isn't isn't Zelda like a kid in that one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also his descendants, I think. But <laughs> shit, um, it's not actually. For um, I mean, I, I I don't know if you play. I we know you you haven't played that many Zelda games. I. I haven't played any Zelda games. I've played a few hours of Breath of the Wild. Okay. I've watched Game Grumps play several of them. Okay. So I I know some things about them, but not a lot. Okay, yeah, because Wind Waker, Ganon finally assembles the Triforce for the first and I think only time in this franchise. And he's about to make a wish on it, and then the King of Red Lions steps in and touches the Triforce and wishes to flood. Because um, they're, they're in... like Hyrule was already flooded once to keep Ganon's power contained or whatever. Um, but there's like an air bubble over the Hyrule Castle in the flooded Hyrule, and that's where they you know, finally have this confrontation where the Triforce is put back together. And the king touches it and wishes for you know, old Hyrule to be washed away completely. Um, and then it starts raining dramatically, and there's a sword fight where it ends with Link impaling his sword through Ganon's head and turning him to stone. Yeah. I have seen that one. Yeah, yeah. The the way that fight started was Ganon assembles the Triforce, and then the king just steps in and t- makes a wish before Ganon can make a wish. Nice. And it should have been totally for, pulled for a Dragon Ball, but it wasn't. They they <laughs> took it more seriously than that. Yeah, like or, original Dragon Ball was like a lighthearted comedy adventure, mm. and then it turned into like a. And then they did a martial arts. <laughs> it it it's a lighthearted comedy adventure. Then it turns into like a, a martial arts fighting series, and then it 
goes to Z, and it's like a um, it it just turns into an action series at that point. Mm. Um, okay, so it had already started changing before it got to Z. Yeah, like at at the start of Dragon Ball, it, like it was basically just the one joke that. Oh, Goku's super powerful, but everyone underestimates him because he's a kid. Um, and then later, like, they actually, like, he actually trains and they bring in characters who can rival Goku. So he has to work to beat them. Um, and then that culminates with the fight against Piccolo, mm. who is an actual evil villain, like super powerful evil villain. Mm. Um, and then that leads into Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah. Where we find out that Goku is actually an alien. <laughs> mm. And that that's why he had a tail and superpowers. Yeah. And then everybody loses their tails because they don't want to draw giant monkeys anymore. <laughs> exactly. I, I I told you this in, in Discord earlier, but that's like the impetus for every design change in Dragon Ball Z is... Look, we need to get these out every week. Um, make the designs easier to draw. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 like the for the for Super Saiyan, they were like, make Goku's hair less complex, and also make it blonde, so we don't have to ink it. Yeah, it's, it's spiky and yellow, and he needs to level up again. Now is it's just gonna turn red, uh, and he levels up again, <laughs> and it just turns blue. Yeah. The the red and blue is like thirty years down the line, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's like like they needed to give him you know a third form of his unlocking his power, but they didn't want to make it hard to draw, so they just changed the, the color. The red form mattered for a whole half a movie <laughs> <laughs> before they they got the blue form, which is called Super Saiyan God Super Saiyan, because. The show is into self-parody at this point. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm just waiting because... for them to get through the whole rainbow, I guess. Because, like, okay, yeah, you got yellow, and then red, and then blue. So... Gotta Broly's get... green. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Broly seems like it's weird, because he, he can, like, just skip over the regular forms and get to green. I don't know if that's a higher form of regular Super Saiyan or just like a different path of Super Saiyan. Uh, well, in the in the original, in the original Broly thing, there was. All right, off into the weeds again. I mean, is, <laughs> is it just because his name means broccoli that they? No, let him well, angry? that 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 was probably part of the design choice, but I don't think that was just it. Mm. Um, so in. In like the the regular, the normal Dragon Ball Z story, there's like a legend of the legendary Super Saiyan, and then eventually Goku finally achieves that. Um, but then in the Broly movie, they were like, "Oh yeah, Goku is a Super Saiyan, but he's not the legendary Super Saiyan. Broly is actually the legendary Super Saiyan. <laughs> so apparently, that's green." <laughs> Okay, so there isn't a purple or uh, um, indigo or orange or there. There is a 
an evil version of Goku, whose hair turns pink. Okay. When when and its version of Super Saiyan. So, yeah. There is that. <laughs> mm. Um, I don't I don't know of any purples, or orange, or well. Super Saiyan 4 is a thing, but I don't think the hair changed colors, so never mind. I think they just made him more monkey-like. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what Dragon Ball facts do you want to know now? Uh, I mean, I was trying to think if there was anything to say about the movie, but not really. I mean, no, it's, it's like it's... half of it is a lot of stuff that either makes sense because they're cramming so much lore into such a short amount of time to set up anything you might need to know about the origin of Goku or Broly, um, or it doesn't make any sense at all because they're cramming so much lore into such a short span of time. Uh, and then yeah, it, they... it, it, it all leads to a big fight scene that is the other half of the movie. Yeah. There's a lot of screaming it, and punching over this Antarctica that turns into a lava continent because they smash everything so hard. Like from from a pure like spectacle, like it's one of the best Dragon Ball fights ever. Mm. Like like in in the movies they usually go all out. Um but like I don't think they've ever done like the the point of view um like they did from for broly Mm. like the the music was hype as shit (laughs) like with like weird chanting Mm. the the characters names i mean i i felt like (laughs) as i was watching like this must be what the show is like because everything i've heard about it is like that it's you know a, a fight scene that lasts like 10 episodes um yeah and that's what like the movie felt like it's like yeah there's a lot of you know story and build up and stuff that leads to a big fight that lasts longer than you would expect the big fight to last yeah the the good thing about this movie is that it was like four individual fights that just were just in quick succession yeah yeah yeah, because it's like this like segments or sections and it like escalates yeah as it's like he's fighting vegeta and now he's fighting goku and now they have to fusion dance together um which they have some fun fighting frieza yeah yeah and then he's like beating up frieza before uh gogeta come back yep and uh the the mute the the music chanter guy is losing his shit. Uh, go Broly, go, go! Yeah. Yeah, and then right before the fight is about to end, the somebody wishes for Broly to go to safety. And he's yeah. just, whoop! He's, he's away. And that's enough for them to, you know, call a truce. Yeah, there's there's two random side characters. One is an old man who doesn't matter, and the other is 
a woman who likes to bend over things a lot because I guess they wanted to draw her butt. Um, yeah, yeah. Like and they, they find Broly on this random backwater world that he's been living on for most of his life, and, yep. and they're the ones who deliver him to. Well, I think like, his dad was like, "Yeah, you, know, you got to get us back to Frieza," but they, they deliver him back to Frieza for uh, yeah. payment. But then they feel bad about he, it because he's, you know, being used to fight people. Do Do you know what vegetable his dad was named after? Uh, what was his character name again? Paragus. Asparagus. <laughs> yep, you got it. Yeah, I mean they they briefly mentioned radits at one point in this too, and I remember yeah. that yeah, radish exists. Raditz is Goku's brother who only comes up once and nobody ever really talks about him again. (laughs) Like, like, for no reason. (laughs) Like, Goku has a brother who who he killed and nobody cares ever again. Was he just there to establish that Goku is a Saiyan or something? Basically. Yeah. Like, the the way it works is, like, so, Goku fights Piccolo, neither of them die, um, and then however much time passes, Goku has a kid, um, and then Raditz comes to Earth, like, looking for Goku, um, then Raditz is surprised that Goku hasn't, like, murdered the whole population of the planet yet because that's what saiyans do Mm. um so he goes looking for goku he he's like what the hell is wrong with you so he steals gohan goku's son and basically baits him back uh to where he landed to challenge him to a fight and then piccolo sensing that like, there's a super powerful person on the planet, finds Goku, and they're like, okay, we'll team up to fight this super powerful person. And the way the fight goes is they get their asses handed to them by Raditz for a good long time. And then Goku sacrifices himself to so that Piccolo can kill both of them. Mm. So yeah, Piccolo's technically the first person to kill Goku. But then he got And better. only... Yeah. <laughs> he he ran on a snake in the afterlife and then learned some super powerful moves from a monkey and a cricket. I am not joking. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, I, I've seen, like, clips of him with the halo and stuff when he's running around afterlife yeah it's all very weird Um, trippy stuff based on japanese folklore that i'm not familiar with yeah like i i know like a lot of the basis for goku's character is from um what is it journey to the west which is a chinese fable the the monkey king yeah so like that that's why he's got the the monkey tail and he's kind of a well, like, he's not really mischievous, but he's, like, very naive in Dragon Ball, so he doesn't 
Mm. He does things without thinking because he doesn't know any better. Yeah. Um, so he could, I guess, be um, called mischievous. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I should probably read something about the Monkey King at some point because it seems like it's still a really popular story. Like, I think that there's either a Marvel or DC or maybe both have characters based on the Monkey King. And, uh, like, probably. Lego has started, you know, their own, like, toy line based on, like, their version of the Monkey King. I wonder why. Because they're expanding into China to make more money. Like, it, yeah, it, it, it's a thing that, it's a, a new line they started up primarily targeting kids in China, but because the, yeah, also um, promised a few years ago that anything they release will also be available internationally. It is available in, you know, other countries to get to. Yeah. But it looks, in, like, here in the West, it looks and feels a lot like their Ninjago series, which is, like, an amalgamation of like anime tropes with western action cartoon tropes um so like monkey you know monkey king or monkey kid i think is the uh lego version um has that same kind of like fun colorful action with asian influences feel to it so i can't really tell the difference but i don't know it's seems popular i'm not sure i don't know yeah like the 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 story itself is like very influential in china and i think east asia as a whole yeah um like it i think it's like kind of like cultural osmosis has kind of given it influence in the west but not like not directly. Yeah, um, I mean, like, like how in, old like is indirectly. This oh, like over a thousand years old. Okay. Like I, I don't know exactly. China's history is very long, and it it could be three thousand years old, or it could be from like twelve hundred. It's very old, though. Okay. Yeah, because I got the impression it was really old, but the way that it's as popular as it is now. Like, you know, trying to think of an equivalent, like, a United States equivalent, I guess, would be, like, Action George Washington, uh, <laughs> which, I, I mean, I could see someone trying to make that, but I can't see it being a smash hit. If someone yeah, did, like, well, a George Washington in space cartoon or something. <laughs> Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter? Yeah, I mean, like, that happened, but how popular was it? <laughs> Aside from being like a meme for, you know, the year I, that it came out. Yeah, I think it was like a moderately successful book, comic book. I don't. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely a thing. You know, like Hamilton as a play is very yeah. popular, but none of them seem quite as like toy franchiseable as. Oh. Uh, as like the the journey to the west has been yeah i 
I don't know. I'm reaching my limit on things I know about Journey to the West. So. But I guess, yeah, I'm just trying to think, like, what would be, like, a fantastical equivalent from, West? I mean, I, I guess West, yeah, we've got, like, I don't know, Hercules and stuff. Like, you yeah, know, it's European, but, you know, a lot of, you know, because of colonialization, a lot of stuff in the Americas is also, you know, influenced by Europe. So, yeah, I guess something like Greek Roman mythology would be the closest we'd have to something like that. Where you can make yeah, it like fun pop- and marketable in... Like, yeah, like we've got like Thor from Norse mythology and stuff, and there's still fun yeah. toys about Thor. So... Yeah, I'd say pop culture, like Greek mythology, probably would be the the most direct comparison. Hmm. Yeah, something that's like, you know, it's not necessarily from our country, but it is still an influence and still a cultural touch point that everybody's familiar with. Yeah, I mean, the the Greeks are basically the, the pillar of Western society as a whole. Yeah. So, I mean... Basically, it is our culture, just yeah. In the, in the same way, They're like Japan, in the same way that doing like a journey to the West thing, even though they are distinctly separate from China. Yeah, like the ancient Greece is our culture in the same way that, like, you know, our ancestors who were alive in you know, like the year eighteen or in in the year eight hundred are. Mm. Like we we share nothing with them directly, but there there is like a, a there is a link there. Mm. Um, okay, yeah, so yeah, we just have to really dig back, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds, uh, thousands of years to get the really fun stories, yeah. because the <laughs> ones that are only a couple hundred years old aren't as fun. Like you know, they haven't faded into the like, mythos of history. To the point yeah. that they can be fun. It's just everybody in and, boring petticoats and shit. Yeah. But now, because of copyright, companies will hold the rights to everything forever. Mm. So, <laughs> have, have fun making the Superman thing in, I don't know, the year 2200. Yeah, but I mean, eventually all the companies are going to get bought up by one company. And that company will buy the world. And then, uh, then we'll all be part of the copyright and so then i assume we could just keep you know using any of it because it's all approved no it's it's going to be two companies that buy the whole world and then they'll have a a war oh um and then ace combat 3 is going to happen and we'll all be in the electrosphere okay so so (laughs) we're we're on chart for that future and not for the wall e future where by and large buys up the world and just fills the whole thing with trash I I'd say that um, I'd say it's more likely that two different companies basically become like quasi nations that go to war with each other is a thing that's going to happen sometime in the next few hundred years. Mm. I so that's that's not too unlikely. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's kind of the plot of Perfect Dark, except uh, that one also involves aliens. Because it wasn't enough. Uh-huh. Uh, although, like most of the newer Perfect Darks that have come out since the original, and also, I mean, they're they're kind of not as fun I... because of it, have leaned more into that idea of that there's these mega corporations that have gotten so big that they have their own private armies. 
And, I mean, in the game, you're playing as Joanna Dark, who's part of the Carrington Institute, which is a group that exists to, like, police these mega corporations by doing, like, espionage on them. Um, and then it turns out that there's, like, an X-Files plot going on, and actually there's these good aliens who work with the Carrington Institute, and you have to rescue them because the dated on corporations trying to capture them on behalf of their evil alien overlords, uh, the Skedar. So, but, but the alien stuff generally gets left out of the newer, uh, games and things for the worse. It, it's just, it's not know. as campy as it is in the original. I don't know a damn thing about Perfect Dark except what you just told me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I did just remember that the, the, comp- the named companies and, um, Subnautica are called transgovs because they're like quasi government corporations. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> That's another thing and a thing I like. Mm. Um, so we've got 18 minutes left. Oh, okay. Yeah, I forgot. I was going to talk about the other stuff on the list because I've just been throwing things on the list as I think of them. Yeah. Um, okay, so our list at this point. The ones that we had on there before were the Superman movies, uh, the Shrek movies, the Naked Gun movies, Batman Brave and the Bold. I'd have to figure out if there's like DVDs or if I'd have to sign up for HBO Max or something. Um, the Dark Knight Trilogy. Uh, the Muppet movies, the Lego movies, uh, the Mad Max movies, at least some of them, um, Pirates of the Caribbean movies, Adventure Brothers, Ghostbusters, uh, Pacific Rim, we talked about doing that along with, because I'd also tossed out the ideas of the Blade Runner 2 movies and the first Matrix movie, and we could combine all of those into like a sci-fi action set. Yeah. Um, Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, and then some of these new ones that have thrown on there. Let's see. Uh, the anime movies we haven't done yet are Redline, Batman, Ninja, and Paprika. Um, <laughs> what a selection. Yeah, this, uh, the Indiana <laughs> Jones movies are another idea I had on there. Um, the yeah. Bill and Ted movies. Um,. Also, I, I don't know what streaming service it would be on, if any, but the Monty Python movie trilogy could be fun. Like, that uh, could be on Holy any Gr- or all of them. Yeah, it's like Holy Grail, Life of Brian, and Meaning of Life. So, yeah, so that's the list we've got. I'm kind of leaning toward the Pacific Rim Blade Runner Matrix thing, because that seems like we've already got a cohesive idea of what to do. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, we could do that. I don't. I don't even know what I want to watch <laughs> right now. I, I'm kind of in a Dragon Ball mood. Mm. I'm probably gonna buy um, the Kakarot game mm. because that's on sale. Yeah. Also, I didn't realize until I watched this movie that Kakarot was Goku. I just knew there was a game oh, yeah. called Kakarot, and I figured that was a separate person. Yeah, Kak- Kakarot is his say a name and goku is the name he was given on earth 
after he was found by an old man. So, is there any significance to the game being called Kakarot and not Goku? Uh, it's just a new name they can call a thing. Oh, okay. Because they, they, they've already got a game called, um, like, The Legacy of Goku or something. Hmm. So they, they probably just didn't want to call another game Dragon Ball Z Goku. They couldn't call him. So they, they just went with Kakarot. Like, Goku God Goku. <laughs> just four different versions of Goku that fuse into one God Goku. Yeah. That That's the thing that's going to happen at one point, and then we're not going to be laughing anymore. Well, I mean, yeah, because there's already a multiverse in uh, Dragon Ball, so... yeah. There can it, be multiple it's, Gokus who it's, meet up and kiss. It's a multiverse, but it, it's like none of them are like they have parallels, but they aren't really similar. Yeah, yeah, they don't have identical twins, but there could be four yeah. different worlds Goku equivalents who meet up and fuse into one yeah. super god Goku. <laughs> the, so you. You asked me who Majin Buu is. Um, did you see a picture of Majin Buu? Uh, he's like a big purple, a big pink blobby guy, I think. If I remember right. Yeah. The, one of the parallel universe versions of Majin Buu is <laughs> just a giant buff Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> It's a big yellow pair with a red shirt. <laughs> you say he's Martian Poo? <laughs> I never even thought of that. Oh my god. Oh, that waveform looks scary. Mm. Um, wait, I have to Google this now so I can show you. Okay, so I assume they um, didn't actually call it Martian Poo. They had a different no. name for it. Um. But I can't use any of these Dragon Ball jokes for the title card because that'll spoil that the second half of this episode is all Dragon Ball. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, what What did we even talk about that we can use? Did this, we say anything funny? In the John Wick and Paul Blart stuff? Um, maybe, I don't know. There you go. <laughs> it's just different enough to be legally distinct. Uh, let's see. <laughs> oh, there he is, yep. <laughs> yep, the ears are different, so. Yeah. And he's got Paddington's boots. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, I don't. I don't think it was a thing like throwing shade at the the Chinese president, but it. <laughs> yeah. What what year did this thing come out? Um, tournament of power, probably like I don't know, twenty sixteen. So it might have. Been. I I don't. It it might have been. I'm I'm assuming it was just a coincidence though, because I don't think Dragon Ball really tries to say anything political at all. Mm. I I think they they were probably just like, hey, I like Winnie the Pooh. Let let's 
let's make a character that is just that. Yeah. <laughs> Except I guess, big like, and tough. At worst, it could be like, hey, Winnie the Pooh is trending right now. That must mean it's popular. Let's do something with that. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> to be honest. Um, I don't even know what he does. Like, I don't... He apparently fights Goku, but yelling that, I don't know. Mm. I mean, either that or it is the pun that I made, and they're just like, hey, Boo sounds like Pooh. Let's let's make the the boo poo. That would be hilarious. Should I should I read the wiki um, um, of yeah. of this guy? Oh, it's in Spanish. Okay, read <laughs> read it in Spanish. I will do my best to translate. Um, but uh, sorry, the ads keep loading and yeah. scrolling me yeah. because that's the kind of website this is. Yeah, Botamo es uno de los cueros. Uh, <laughs> Seleccionado por Champa para su uh, equipo y así luchar en su torneo universal de las artes marciales. Este aparece en Dragon Ball Super. Okay. I understood like half of that. Uh, the character name at the start is a... Uh, something something alternate universe uh, uh, appears in Dragon Ball Super. Like they definitely said something about him being a fighter. I think like Luchador was mentioned in there. Yeah, um, though he's a fighter from an alternate universe. Yeah, it, it's like Botamo is. Okay, a... so Botamo is the character name. Yeah. Otamo is a something selection of Champa um, and Fighter from the Universe Tournament. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. So Tournament of universe, Power. Universe Tournament of Power. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and Aparece in uh, Dragon Ball Super appears in Dragon Ball Super. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I pronounced any of that <laughs> um, like i i think i i think i have decent spanish pronunciation i took a, a few years of it but i didn't i didn't retain much of it at all yeah i mean if dark kent is still listening to this show we'll probably tell you how terrible it sounded but i mean i i could pick out what most of the words were i would just need to like, hear them slow more slowly to uh have yeah. time to process what each yeah. one means. I tried to read them fast, so nobody could understand how bad I was saying them. Mm. Um, okay, here the the explanation in English is um, a lot less informative. Botamo is one of the strongest warriors from Universe Six. Okay, <laughs> so that just that just definitely has less information uh, maybe Appearance. yeah i don't know i mean spanish doesn't have a lot of like the contractions the english does so it, it can seem a bit wordier wordier when well it has this the one translation the other version definitely talked about the universe of power and oh. who picked him okay. in the universe of power this one just says he's one of the strongest okay. warriors uh, mm. 
Gautama was a tall, seemingly hairless humanoid ursine with a large build with this skin. This is a very bad run-on sentence. Mm. Um, with a large build with his skin being fairly yellow and glossy. Despite, <laughs> despite being fat, he is very fast and agile. Thank you. Okay, so, so I guess this character a, isn't important enough that anybody's really edited the wiki into something... Um, you know, more detailed, more. I'm I'm assuming he's just like a a one-off character. That's like this is one of the guys from Universe Six. He has three fights. He wins the first two, and then he fights Goku, and he loses. I'm I'm assuming that's how it goes. We'll we'll find mm. out. Um, he has a brown nose and a small yellow tail on the back. He wears a red tank top that covers his whole upper body, orange-red wristbands, and a pair of red boots. He has a rubber-like body composition and does not seem to have any bones at all, as Vegeta was literally able to tie his arms in a knot. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> that, I, I guess that shows you how the fight went. Mm. Um, Personality. Botamo displays a rather confident attitude as he is extremely prideful in his abilities. However, his overconfidence in his abilities was his own downfall in the Tournament of Destroyers and Tournament of Power. Okay, so his overconfidence was his weakness. I guess so. And their Um, faith in their friends was that. Okay, anyway, go on. You can't do this to me, Jade. Come on. I mean, I I, I I saw a Star Wars quote and I had to. I I don't blame you, but also fuck off. <laughs> okay, so he's also yes, he, he got in a tournament and Vegeta he, tied his he arms was, in pretzel. Oh yeah. He he chose more emotion when he lost to Goku and Gohan, crushing wait, crying in anguish. He also has a degree of sympathy as he is seen patting Majetta on the back when he was insulted by Vegeta to attempt to make him feel better. Uh, he's a good friend. Okay, see, so he's the nice Majin Buu. I guess, well, Majin Buu is, he's just a large fucking child okay. who likes to turn people into candy and eat them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What happened to his hands? Oh, I cooked them up and ate them. <laughs> he was hungry for hands. <laughs> Tell me, making the rumbles. That only hands can sense. Yeah. Oh, it all comes back to llamas. Mm. Yeah, um, I mean, and this guy's pro bear, so he's got a rumbly in his tumbly too. Or, yeah, hands maybe. Who knows? Hmm. For honey, honey dipped hands. <laughs> now at your local Seven <laughs> Eleven. <laughs> do you think we could do it? Honey dipped hands is the title, and nobody would do it. Yes, yes, because nobody will ever, ever pick up the fact that we got it from Dragon yeah. Ball. Oh my god. 
<laughs> Honey dip hands. <laughs> Photoshop like a candy shop window with honey hands and the llama looking in through the window at them. Carl! Those hands are too expensive. <laughs> You're gonna use all of our snack budget on one thing. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, nothing says friendship like sharing a pair of honey dipped hands. Yes. With a well cooked face. <laughs> <laughs> and and now bite sized baby hands. Yep. <laughs> Why are they all from white babies? Well, Whitey's got to pay. <laughs> yeah, was there anything else with Batara's uh, <clears throat> wiki? I mean, I could. I could finish reading it. Okay. It's longer longer than I thought it'd be. But mm. um, furthermore, it appears that Botamo and Magetta have a more friendly relationship and can cooperate very well together, as seen when they use a combo move to catch a ball batted by Gohan. Wait, do they do the the fucking super powered baseball scene from Twilight? Probably. <laughs> I mean, we've already established that they do whatever the fuck they feel like. Yeah, I think I think Super once like tries to do more comedy, um, like from Dragon Ball, Mm. because Dragon Ball Z has a lot less comedy in it. And Dragon Ball Z is wrapped up at this point, so they're kind of free to do. Yeah, they could do whatever whatever they want. And if it's bad, people will just ignore it, like GT. Mm. Um, this continues in the term- ter- <laughs> tournament of power, with Magetta saving Botamo from being ringed out by Vegeta, and the two teaming up to take on the Saiyan Prince. Oh, and then there's a biography. Um, he's selected by Vatos to be part of the. The Team Universe 6 to combat against Team Universe 7. He gets punched and kicked by Goku several times, but doesn't get damaged, even taking a hit from a Kamehameha. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. After his loss, Botamo watches the other matches from the sidelines. He is later seen comforting Vegeta, who is crying because of Vegeta's insult. Oh. And then he dies when his universe gets annihilated for losing the tournament, I assume. Let's look. Oh. Well, that's about right. Mm. I I just followed myself for what happens after the, the tournament. Mm. And it's very predictable. I probably shouldn't say it, because, I don't know, it's still relatively recent. Okay. So. Uh, spoilers for Dragon Ball Super, if you've stuck around this long, but don't want to know yeah. what happens after. The show's almost over. I mean, it, we're not going to say anything funnier than Nani Dipped Hands. Mm. 
So you can you can go home or just turn this off. I mean, they're already asleep by now. Um, but Tom was later revived with his universe when Android 17 uses the Super Dragon Balls to resurrect all of the universes that were erased. Oh. So, okay. So that's pretty obvious, right? Like, as a thing that would happen. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess I wasn't familiar enough with the tropes of Dragon Ball that they would set up this giant, you know, multiverse annihilating crisis <clears throat> and then just undo it. But I guess that does seem like exactly how they would <laughs> handle that. Let so in in Dragon Ball, like before the show was all like life or death fights, mm. they had already revived characters like three or four times at that point. Mm. Um, and then after Raditz, they revived Goku. After the other Saiyans, they revived no they. After Nappa and Vegeta came to Earth, and they killed like four or five characters mm. they went they went to namek because they have dragon balls they can use um and that's a whole different story so they use those dragon balls to wish back everyone who, else who had died mm. um and then after that so i guess some things uh, are beyond shenron's power but bringing back multiple universes that were destroyed is yeah that that's fine that's nothing. Well, it's it's apparently the Super Dragon Balls. It, oh, I'm, okay. I'm assuming that that like the the reward for winning the tournament, aside from um, your universe not being destroyed, is that you get a wish on the Super Dragon Balls, which is probably a wish without limits. Okay. I'm I'm assuming. Hmm. That that seems like the obvious um, thing to happen, but yeah, yeah. Makes sense. The point of Dragon Balls and Dragon Ball is that they are used almost exclusively as a way <laughs> to get out of consequences, mm. because nobody ever has to be dead forever. Yeah, well, yeah, it's like you create all these, you know, multiverse fun characters might as well keep them alive so you can use them for stuff yep especially like Kaba and Kale mm. because they're hot apparently <laughs> well Kale, Kale is like the female version of Broly okay I do know that one because sometimes I fall asleep with Toonami on and I wake up at like 1130 at night mm. and I watch some Dragon Ball Super and Kale turned into, she's like this meek person who is like scared to fight. And then she goes, she turns into She-Hulk. Okay. Um, okay. I, I think we're done here. Yep. We've, we've hit our time quota, so. We'll, the we'll the quota that nobody is holding budget. us yeah. to. <laughs> you know, our um, our unspoken we... sponsor who didn't want to be named uh, will only pay us if we hit two hours. So, yep. And they they said if we want to get paid, we can't do any fart jokes. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. No, we had to resort <laughs> to other other humor this time. Sorry, Nord VPN. <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, wait, sorry, Happy Madison Productions. Yeah, no, they, they they need to save all the fart jokes so that they don't run out by the time they get to the the next Paul Blart movie. I'm surprised there weren't any fart jokes in Paul Blart. Hmm. I guess like they actually didn't have much toilet humor. Yeah, it's like just calling him Blart is enough. They don't need <laughs> any more farting. Because it rhymes with fart. Yep. And he's a fat guy. Yep. He. Oh my god. He actually looks like live action um, Peter Griffin. Mm. <laughs> like as close as you can get. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Anyway. Um. Okay, yeah, so two weeks from now, it's going to be Matrix and the two Blade Runners and Pacific Rim. I don't know what the proper order to watch those four in is, so whatever. Um, and I'm, I'm throwing an audible. Um, the first ten episodes of Dragon Ball Z abridged. Oh, okay, yep. Yeah. yeah, that's fine. They're all short. Yeah, it's like probably... Less than two hours altogether. Hmm. Right. Yeah, like the I think the first the first ones aren't even ten minutes. So mm. yeah, like probably about a little between an hour and hour and a half. Okay. Um, what quote should we end on? Um, always bet on Blart. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Always bet on Blart. <laughs> That's actually a good one. Especially in the fight think... of uh, Blart versus Wick. Um, you know, the odds will get you more money if Blart uh, actually manages to pull something out of that. So. Yeah, just put... Just put $5 put, on Blart. Put your life and... savings on Blart. And hold him accountable if you lose all your money. I I don't know, because I, I feel like there's a 0% chance that Paul Blart take, can take John Wick on one-on-one. Mm. You know, like, I don't think there's any, any, like, sequence of events where that turns out well for Paul Blart. It, so bet everything on Blart, and then, even though it risks your own personal health, find a way... To ensure that John Wick doesn't win, you got to tilt that scale. Oh, that's yourself. interesting. Don't, don't, don't put money on Paul Blart. Put money against John Wick. Yeah, no, because his his luck is so terrible that he will find a way to lose. Bet everything on Blart, and then give Blart a dog that he can't let go of. Just kill, kill John Wick's dog. That way he still loses. <laughs> That's the worst way to end a podcast. <laughs>